perpetual traveler through the Bible. Please join me for this bird's eye view of the scriptures. Stay as long as you like and let us together discover a bit more about the Bible, from the beginning to the end. In the last podcast, we discovered that the five books that follow the Pentateuch, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon, are a reflection of human emotions and desires, the yearnings and desires of every man and woman. I also pointed out that man is a threefold being, and these five books show the triune nature of man, in that they fall into three divisions which correspond to the makeup of man, that is the spirit, the soul, and the body. We started with the book of Job, which expressed the needs of the spirit of man. In other words, it is the poetry of the spirit. The second division in this experience section of the Old Testament are the books of Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. The book of Job was about the needs of the spirit of man. In other words, it is about the protest of the spirit of man when facing suffering. In this group of three books, we have the poetry of the soul. The soul of man, in turn, is made up of three facets or parts, the emotions, the intelligence, and the will. The book of Psalms records the emotional responses of man's soul to circumstances. The book of Proverbs is man's intelligence at work, recording the experiences of life. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the will of man is expressed. Psalms is a book where every emotional experience of life is best reflected. Psalms is intended to express every possible aspect of human emotions. Psalms in itself is divided into five sections. Each section of Psalms ends with the words Amen, except the last section, which ends with the words Praise the Lord. Isn't it interesting that the first section of the Old Testament of the Bible, the Pentateuch, also has five steps or sections? If Genesis is the book of human need, then the first section of Psalms, which is Psalms 1 through to 41, focuses on the expressing of the need of the human heart. A good example of this is of course Psalm 23, which shows the need of the heart for a shepherd. It is most obvious in the first three verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The book of Exodus is the book of grace, which, put another way, is God's response to the need of the human heart. The second section of Psalms runs from Psalms 42 through to 72 and focuses on God's redeeming grace. Psalm 46 verses 1 to 3 is a good example of this redeeming grace. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Leviticus is the book of worship. 
where man is shown how to live in close relationship with the living God. Psalms 73 through to 89 are the third section of Psalms, and these Psalms show reverence and express the majesty of God. So, if you have a desire to worship God, then this group of Psalms will give expression to that need. For example, here is Psalm 76, verses 4 to 9. Glorious are you, more majestic than the mountains full of prey. The stout-hearted are stripped of their spoil. They sink into sleep. All the men of war were unable to use their hands. At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, both rider and horse lay stunned. But you, you are to be feared. Who can stand before you when once your anger is roused? From the heavens you uttered judgment. The earth feared and was still when God arose to establish judgment, to save all the humble of the earth. Numbers is the book of wandering, of the desert experience or the ups and downs of living. The fourth section of Psalms, Psalms 90 to 106, in turn shows alternate victory and defeat of life. Psalm 97 verses 12 expresses joy. Psalm 102 verses 1 to 3 expresses the opposite experience. Here is Psalm 97 verses 12. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. Psalm 102 verses 1 to 3 is quite the opposite. Hear my prayer, O Lord, let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me, answer me speedily in the day when I call, for my days pass away like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. Deuteronomy, the final book of the Pentateuch, is a book of helplessness and dependent obedience. The fifth section of Psalms, Psalm 107 to Psalm 150, shows us humble obedience and praise, and here Psalm 139 Verses 23 to 24 is a perfect example. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So there are five sections of Psalms, and all the expressions of the heart are found reflected in each of these sections. Proverbs is the next experience book. Proverbs is the expression of the intelligence of man guided by divine wisdom. Proverbs is a very simple book and begins with an introduction explaining why it was written. This can be found in Proverbs chapter 1 verses 1 to 6. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand the proverb and the saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The following verse, verse 7, shows us the secret of it all. That says, 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs is a series of conversations on wisdom given by a father to a son. It is significant that ten times in this section the following words are used. Hear, my son. The Proverbs begin with a child in the home, then a young man in the busy streets of the city. The Proverbs then teach him how to choose and make friends, then show him some of the perils which are at work to destroy his life, and finally help him to discover some of the forces which will make him strong. There are two collections of Proverbs, chapters 10 to 24 and chapters 25 to 31. Chapters 25 to 31 are the Proverbs of Solomon, which were copied by the scribes of King Hezekiah. Now we come to the book of Ecclesiastes, which means the preacher. This book is the protest of man's will against the monotony and emptiness of life. In this book, Solomon the writer deliberately sets out to answer these questions. Can life be satisfying without God? Can anything found under the sun bring satisfaction to the human heart? Ecclesiastes starts off by investigating knowledge, and Solomon concludes that the result is nothing but emptiness or vanity. Solomon then tries pleasure, and again the result is all vanity. Then Solomon tries wealth, and he found out that great amounts of money give a man no more than poverty. It was all emptiness and vanity. Then he tried philosophy as a means of facing life with its various problems, seeking answers to the mystery of death and the inexplicable tragedies of sin. His whole conclusion was, it is all vanity. If we read Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9, it is a remarkable statement and is addressed particularly to young people. It should be a warning for us all. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and sight of your eyes, but know that for these things God will bring you into judgment. Solomon's final conclusion is in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. It says, The end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Most of the translations translate the statement as being the whole duty of man, but the word duty is not in the original Hebrew. Actually, the proper translation should be this is the whole of man. In other words, there is nothing which makes man complete except God. Song of Solomon is the last of the poetical or experience books. This is the least understood and most neglected of all the books of the Bible, probably because it is the expression of the ideal for the human body, the poetry of the physical body. It is the book about the perfection of bodily grace and love. Therefore, it has been regarded by many Christians as shameful, as the human body is thought to be shameful. The human body is not shameful. It is only its abuse which is shameful. So, the Song of Solomon tells us plainly that the purest expression of love, if it is really pure, is bodily, 
he is declaring God's intention for the human body, that there is no more beautiful sight to a man than the beautiful body of a woman. And there is no higher expression of handsomeness to a woman than the body of a man. So this is why this book is so difficult to read, because it seems to be a reflection of the sordid pornographic literature of our day. But if we read it through, we will catch a very definite note of purity and wholesomeness about it. It puts bodily life in proper perspective. The story of this book is the story of a young maiden whose family has a farm in the north of Israel. She has two brothers and two sisters and tends the flocks and works in the vineyard. One day she looks up to see a handsome stranger, a shepherd, staring at her. She is a bit disturbed by his gaze, but he says to her in chapter 4, verses 17, You are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. They establish a friendship, and they become very close. Then he suddenly leaves, but before he goes, he promises that he will return. She thinks about him constantly and dreams of him and longs for him. Then one day, there is a great commotion on the farm. She looks out and there is the royal carriage of the king, and to the amazement of everyone, the king sends his riders to her house with the message that he desires to see her. She comes out very shy and afraid, and is brought to the royal carriage. When she looks inside, she sees that the king is none other than her shepherd lover. He takes her away to the palace, and they live happily ever after. In the Song of Solomon, you hopefully should be able to see something very familiar. The wonderful story of God's redeeming grace to man. We are that maiden, and Jesus is the great King who has come down in disguise to show His love for us and has gone away, but He will come again to redeem us to Himself. Until Jesus returns, we experience the expectation of His coming and the yearning for His presence. This is expressed in the New Testament in Ephesians 5 verses 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. This is David Wiles, your fellow traveler in Christ, and this has been the podcast of the Bible, From the Beginning to the End, Episode 13.